episode of You and I for the Keen Eye. We're back at Lee Shore again today, and this is Eric alongside with Kobe and Aaron. And at the Lee Shore Center and for the Lee Shore Center, we're with Renee. In this episode, we're going to talk about a coalition, community coalition, a central Kenai called Peninsula Points on Prevention Coalition. We've discussed some of their work before in past episodes, such as a community readiness assessment. The Prevention Coalition has had held their first meeting in November of 2018. And one aspect, no, sorry, November 2017. You know, a major defining aspect of a coalition is that it's kind of a conglomeration of a group of, you know, individuals and agencies kind of all coming together. And that is, you know, to try and really bring people together from a lot of different areas to look at a problem that may intersect in certain areas versus just a lot of isolated pockets of efforts that don't all seem to really mesh into one good effort. And so as far as I understand, the Prevention Coalition is attempting to really bring a lot of resources together to take on kind of a multifaceted problem or situation. Yeah, it's really a collaborative effort in our community consisting of partner agencies, um, resource agencies, our uh, tribal entities, even business uh, owners and community members. Um, we're in, in a couple of our other uh, local coalitions are at the table with us. Um, we're all eager to kind of start building capacity within our community to start addressing uh, many of the challenging issues that we are facing and recognizing that many of them do overlap or intersect with each other. Yeah, and that sounds, uh, you know, just like a really a practical solution. And, you know, I took a, I took a community psych course, and one of the things in the community psych was, that was discussed in the course was coalitions were touched on pretty at length, you know, and just how problems that need to be addressed or just attributes of the community that need, that would like to be addressed are not super simple, you know, they're complex, they overlap in a lot of areas and they were touched. So the ideas of, of a coalition were touched on quite at length. And, you know, I, you know, I think we see those now with the, you know, the primary prevention. And you said you even have other coalitions at the table at this point. So it's just bringing everybody together to look at, you know, things that aren't so simple. Um, can you tell me in some of the ways that, that it does intersect uh, as far as prevention? And I know we talked about this before, but I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, uh, what's like focused on preventing is like power-based violence in the community. Is that correct? Or does it kind of expand a little more? Or? Well, with, you know, Lee Shore Center and prevention efforts for Lee Shore Center really is focused on reducing the instances of power-based violence. So okay. intimate partner violence, teen dating violence, and sexual assault. However, we know that many of these will intersect with substance misuse. Mm -hmm. And so we have Change for the Kenai at the table with us and they're working on on that challenge in our community right now. And so us uh, kind of doing things within the community that show that we're on the same page together and we know that we need to address all of these challenges as one whole group. Mm -hmm. We know that a lot of times uh, victims can end up in uh, substance misuse for multiple reasons. It could be uh, if they use substances with their batters, they feel that maybe it makes them safer or they can handle it. We know that it can be uh, painful to be battered. 
So substances can sometimes um, help us with that. Sometimes it's beneficial for a batterer to have you do drugs with them, and then that can also be one of those things that's, for lack of a better term, used against you in the long run. You're for control. A drug addict, yeah. yeah. The police are going to arrest you. They're going to take your, our children, and so yeah. uh, it's used in many ways. And then we know that substance misuse a lot of times leads to criminal activity. Right, and right. so we're seeing all of these. And, and, you know, let's not forget that suicide is also in that mix. And we have uh, Kenaitsi at the table with, with that challenge in our community. And so understanding that in some way or another, a lot of these can be interconnected mm-hmm. and that one thing can lead to another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well, you know, as mm-hmm. far as just the, you know, the the complexity and how things are overlapping. So we did talk about the community readiness assessment before and you know in one area you saw some what would be like resistance slash denial of there really a problem existing in the community whereas um, was there something you kind of wanted to touch on in that? I know we discussed a little briefly before recording. Well, when we did do the um, community readiness assessment, we used the tri-ethnic model. Okay. And so really what it has you do is identify key respondents in a sector of your community. So government, uh, law, uh, education. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Substance, uh, healthcare, healthcare. Yeah. yeah. So we just, you know, you kind of want to find that one key respondent that can kind of speak for that sector. Okay. And so keeping that in mind, we came back at a level of 2.6, which is of denial and resistance. Mm-hmm. And so that can be discouraging. However, Lee Shore does do a community survey and kind of puts it out there to hear back from many people in the community. So you're not just surveying uh, one of your partner agencies or another business. You're really putting those out all over the community to get feedback. And during our last surveys, we had 171 respondents um, complete and return those to us. And interestingly enough, uh, community-wide, about 96% believe domestic violence to be a problem in our community. And and, and 92% believe that sexual assault was an issue and a challenge in our community. And you know, thank goodness, uh, over 90% believe that leash or services are needed and essential to our community. That seems to be, you know, I, I guess, to go back to, you know, the level, the community readiness assessment was at kind of a level of 2.6, which spoke to resistance slash denial. But then when we look at these other numbers uh, in this other survey, which I guess the resistance slash denial, I think, speaks to, like, well, first, resistance slash now, but also perhaps maybe just uh, some basic lack of awareness. I think it really spoke to more work needing to be done within those particular sectors. Mm-hmm. As I know, as we were talking a little earlier, you know, law enforcement and education came in pretty high on level of knowledge. And however, we have other sectors in our community that maybe aren't dealing with that on a regular basis. And so that's where that education and awareness is key. And then when we look at the, the community survey that we were just discussing, all those numbers over 90%, you know, as far as awareness, or at least speaking to like, hey, I feel like this is a problem, which if we were to look at that alongside data that would display it as being a problem, I would say that that is, you know, showing some awareness. So it's just, I don't know, I wanted to kind of put those alongside each other that we, you know, we discussed some that says, oh, maybe we're lacking some awareness, and but 
we also have some data from this other survey that I think shows some awareness as well. So Absolutely. kind of an interesting mixture of things, which I think you see, you know, at times Absolutely. pulling different surveys, you know, shows different results. I think it's in, it's important information for us to know that, yeah, in general, our community has a pretty good understanding that this is a problem. However, we do have some groups in our community that just aren't aware mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. how big a problem that it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is totally off topic, and I know sometimes you guys don't like it when I do this, but I think what's cool is, and I've discussed this before, is it seems like to me, and not put the years directly, like hold me right to them, but it seems like you know, in the last 10 years, our nation and communities have, take, have adjusted to addiction and kind of starting to respond to it more, you know, is needing to be addressed in a more rehabilitative way that's looking at individuals and needing to take it on in a multifaceted approach. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things you see in that is, you know, some certain funding for that and you see different coalitions coming together, such as Change for the Kenai. You know, I think that's kind of a product of shifting attitudes. Yes. And it's just really encouraging for me to see a primary prevention coalition. And, you know, I'm just kind of maybe guessing a little bit here, but I feel like it seems to me to be a little bit of a sign of, you know, a shifting attitude, you know, a shifting awareness is like kind of being a product of, you know, looking at, you know, this is a problem. It doesn't have a simple, um, remedy. simple remedy. And we need to bring a lot of agencies together. We need to put the funds together, bring everyone to the table and take this on. So it's just, I, don't know, I want to take that time, I guess, because I was feeling encouraged. No, that's a great you know? point, and I, certainly I feel the same way because I know we've been asking for prevention money for years. Yeah, uh, We know we need to get upstream of this, mm -hmm. and uh, really we've spent so much time and effort and money in intervention, which mm -hmm. is desperately needed. I, you know, I'd love to tell you I'm going to make the whole intervention piece go away, but we won't be able to do that. Maybe we can reduce the loads back there in our shelters and in our transitional living. But, you know, prevention just had not been at the forefront. And I think we're seeing at funding levels where they're saying we need to get ahead of this. Mm -hmm. And we need to stop these things before they occur. Where can we get it stopped before it perpetuates itself into something more? And yeah. So, yeah, seeing prevention funding along with, you know, Change for the Kenai, that is what they're doing. Reentry is a prevention program. Mm -hmm. And so really, you know, everybody tying in together mm -hmm. and um, let's stop this consistent revolving door that we see going on in substance abuse, in power-based violence, in criminal activity. Mm -hmm. And I think they all are interlocked. Mm -hmm. Having it so interlocked, it's really encouraging to have the coalition because it's impossible for one entity or the other to have all the information and all the resources to be able to combat all these different complex situations that lead to these occurrences. I mean, whether it be in the substance abuse sector or whether it be in the domestic violence sector, it's impossible for one entity to have all the resources and have all the knowledge to really combat all that at once. Mm -hmm. And right. so seeing everybody work together and take their areas of expertise, you know, and kind of take on different parts of it within the whole is super necessary. It really is, and it's super helpful. Because yeah. you're right, one person, one agency program, it'd be very difficult to manage because we really need to have an understanding of what other programs are doing in our community or we're, 
working against each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we even talked earlier that many years with the funding, we lived in silos. Our funding was very specific to what we were supposed mm -hmm. to be doing. And we didn't want to veer from that. You're accountable to your funders. And now what we're seeing at the highest level is funders are going, we need to uh, see more interaction between these different silos. Mm -hmm. And they're encouraging it. Uh, many of the prevention grants that come out require uh, mm -hmm. a collective Right. Group. They want to see mm -hmm. you working uh, with correct. other agencies. Yeah. 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 Which has been wonderful. I, what yeah. it does is it increases your resource, yeah. increases your staff, yeah. mm -hmm. increases your support yeah. to do it. So it's, it's all positive. And just to have you guys so linked in such a way that if someone did come to you f for support, you're like, yeah, we're all together in this. And, you know, maybe you're struggling in a domestic violence situation, but you're also struggling with drug abuse. It's like, you know, we are all set up. It's not like, well, you know, if you call them, we're not really, we're not really involved, but they'll probably get back to you. That's kind of what they're supposed to do. But you're like, no, we're all in this together kind of thing. And we're, we're really going to make this work. Well, we know that individuals in our community have heard just that, mm -hmm. where they arrive with multiple multiple things going on and oh, yeah. we can only address this mm -hmm. so yeah the more we collectively work together they can say you know what this is what we do but we're going to make sure that we get you in contact with this other resource because that's right. their wheelhouse mm -hmm. yeah yeah and as we discussed in past episodes uh you know a lot of these i don't really like the word problems i guess you know some of these circumstances yeah these challenges. challenges that exist unless you're able to at least somewhat address like uh, some of the few main ones addressing one is only going to be good for so long it mm -hmm. seems you know mm -hmm. like if you address the substance abuse but you don't address you know let's say the person is a batter or a victim you know you don't address like either the victim's ability to cope and get help and also exist in society you know on their own two feet at some point in life you're still left with a really struggling individual that may have a you know that tendency to very easily return to an old environment and that old environment you know creates you know just so you get this bringing everyone to the table i think is important you know because if you don't address at least several of these main ones to some extent fixing one is only kind of good for so long i guess mm -hmm. it seems that's absolutely right oh. absolutely it's like you know the chair has four legs if we only set it on one unless mm -hmm. you're teetering just right you're gonna fall yeah, yeah. a lot yeah, of our, a, good... a lot of our recovery stories even with uh the thing that really turned it around for them it seemed was to realize that so many people were on their side that really wanted them to succeed that there is this support out there so i think once you get involved in these maybe you're really nervous about you know looking for help at like lee shore or something and they're like listen you got this problem? Well, you know what? We know how this problem works. Or not problem, actually, but, you know, struggle. What, whatever's going on in your life. Challenge, boss. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, so now that we do have all these, all these people at the table, what are we talking about now? Well, really important, I think, is one to assess the readiness of your community to kind of uh, prevent anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like are they where ready? do we even yeah. start? You know? Because, and that really, you know, one of the big prevention efforts in this community, Green Dot, is about meeting people where they're at. Mm -hmm. And so we need to know where our people are at in order for us to start working with them and, and teaching them about prevention or teaching them about Green Dot. The readiness assessment was a big piece of that. And then we really had to look at the needs and the resources that exist in our community um, because there are risk factors within our community that can support 
negatives mm-hmm. and there are protective factors yeah. that support positives. And so we need to identify that as a coalition so that that's in our minds as we're building a prevention plan, a primary prevention plan. And so we completed both of those efforts and the result of that is a community primary prevention plan Mm -hmm. uh, where we set some long-term goals, some short-term goals and some long-term goals for ourselves um, to start shifting the social norm in our community because it really is a society's accepting horrible levels of violence. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the field I'm in. So we know that substance abuse is also out of control and uh, the criminal justice system is out of control. But uh, society becomes accepting or it becomes a norm to them and it's just, it just is. And, mm-hmm. and so we have to look at our community and say, how can we bring this home to you and help you understand that it's really prevalent in our community and that it has so many residual effects in our mm-hmm. community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there does seem to be a very stark contrast, even what Eric was mentioning earlier with these surveys, is that you either have pretty much denial, like it's not a problem, or yeah, we're 100%, yeah, it is a problem. So there really just seems to be a distinct cut. It's either yeah. you get it or you're not aware. There's no denied. in between. No, it's like, yes, no, no, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that's that, interesting. And that's, a, I, that's very interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that's what it's makes true. all this information so important is because if we can reach those people who are in denial and be like, listen, there are people who, who need this help and they're like, whoa, I had no idea. Like, even me personally, I've grown up in, you know, I was born in Solana, I've been Alaska my whole life. Learning about these resources and about these situations is mind-blowing for me because I, I just had no idea. I mean, but knowing now, it's like, wow. I didn't realize well, I'm so glad you said that because that's yeah. one of the big prevention movements or campaigns going on in our community. So we did realize that if it wasn't directly affecting you and touching you, it's hard for you to understand yeah. what the prevalence right. is, right. even maybe even what it looks like. Oh yeah. And so we, one of the campaigns locally is the "Did You Know," and that's just you know quick factual information that the individuals in our community may not know. Yeah. And uh, to get those out there in the community, just randomly there i mean you're you're standing there and you see that and who doesn't want to know did you know what did i know what so we feel like maybe this is a good way to get people's attention so we want our community looking for the little did you know posters out there and uh, and that really fits under our goals the did you know campaign is kind of meets it's under each one of our goals it's the one thing that kind of resonates across the board. And Mm. we know that we need to inform and educate our community. We know that. Just when we're out in the community at events and we talk to people, we get that shock and awe factor. Mm. And so one is presenting it in a way that people can take it. Mm -hmm. Because some of the, it's not always the happiest information that you're sharing with people. But we need to get real and we need to start talking about it. Because that's one of the things with power-based violence, intimate partner violence, they don't talk, we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need to make it easier. People are more educated. They want to have that conversation. Hey, man, did you see that? Did you know poster? Did Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And it could, it ultimately could start conversations in our community amongst community members without a prevention person being in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's our hope is that it just starts becoming this conversation that we talk about all the time. How can we keep our community safe? Because did you know these things are going on? And I think a lot of times people are like, no, I didn't know that. You know now. And so part of me is, now that you know, 
what can you do? Mm. And we, we don't hand out leotards and capes right. for prevention. Uh, there are little tiny things that we can do in our community to start shifting that acceptable norm and mm. making it non it's zero tolerance. We don't tolerate it here. And everybody is doing their part. Oh, yeah. Isolation is such a huge factor. It's huge. And that seems to be, you know, when it comes to shifting social norms and these big culture shifts, that seems to be the ultimate goal at the end of the day. It is just kind of an everyday thing. You know, it's not one big event. You know, it's not one big rally or one big walk. You know, there's just one big thing that happens. You know, it's every single day. You know, it's and then it becomes just the, the things, norm. It's yeah. just how it is. Right. And that's where we need to get in so many things. It's not normal mm. to quote unquote mind your own business anymore. It's not. And when you see things like that in public, it's not. It's just not acceptable to do in public. It's not acceptable to do at all. It's not. But a, if it's we just don't start the thing. conversation of letting people know that it's not okay, how do right. they ever know? Yeah. And yeah. how do they start feeling uncomfortable that they mm -hmm. may be acting that way um, where a neighbor can hear them or uh, you know yeah. they're in the grocery store. Of course, you know, I know at a lot of our uh, events, we talk about the Walmart parking lot because mm -hmm. lots of things go on. It's a Walmart parking right. lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we want our youth to, you know, we want to start young, uh, talking with at least our high school students about what is a healthy relationship and that they have power over themselves. And so that's one of the major goals in our um, community plan. And so we have a school presenter. Lee Shore actually has an advocate that goes out into the schools and presents. And she's currently doing the fourth R and then another one, which is called the Ophelia Project. And that's, you know, really about fostering a safe school and community. And, and I think it's great. Um, I think it's wonderful that the schools are finally opening their doors and letting this type of um, education in there. Uh, and helping, you know, I don't, I don't think we're born knowing what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if we're living in a home where the relationship isn't healthy, where are we ever going to gain skills and knowledge mm -hmm. about what does look healthy? And so yeah. I think that's great. Uh, fourth R is really geared around healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and then our final one is community that takes an active bystander role. I mean, understand, and I've said this in a previous recording, if you're not a victim or a batter, you're a bystander. Mm -hmm. And so you have opportunity to hold people accountable, to do things proactively in your community that send that message of intolerance of violence. And um, one of the really cool things is, is one of the goals is to get four community members certified in Green Dot training and we have four scheduled to go the end of this month. And if they complete and get certified, we've met that goal. And, and Green Dot really is a, a community-based bystander intervention program that provides community members with uh, tools and skills to use. Again, we're not handing out capes. So we never want anybody to put themselves in an unsafe situation. And so there are lots of different things that we can do to... Uh, defuse a situation mm -hmm. and then there's lots of things we can do in our everyday life to send that message yeah. you know, of kindness and caring and mm -hmm. don't look the other way please and yeah batters count on that that's that's their mantra you know they don't want they're not going to bug me mind mm -hmm. your own business and the more right. you do that the better they are mm -hmm. and the more you mind your business the the victim has less a chance of, and the stats are overwhelming we've talked about that in a previous podcast mm -hmm.
Yeah. Really hoping to see some reduction in that. Yeah. And even if they didn't like change the batter's behavior, even the victim understanding that that's not a tolerable, that's not a healthy relationship. People are like, that's not okay. And to, to have them experience that and be like, wait a minute, maybe that's not okay. Right. You know, that's huge. Like, so you don't change the batter, but maybe the victim understands I got to get out mm. and that's a win. And that's a win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We didn't really talk about that, but Peninsula Points on Prevention does have a website. Oh, oh, yeah, great, PeninsulaPrevention.org, and that's just a really great place to start um, learning about the prevalence, learning about the different programs, learning about what prevention is. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you ask yeah. people to do prevention, they kind of get really what rigid. Yeah, yeah, and you know, sure. I always say. Really, prevention started before you ever got here, sure. before you ever made it to Earth. You know, your families are generally getting ready and getting everything safe to prevent you from being harmed as a little baby, and then we're brushing our teeth to prevent. So prevention is really ingrained in us. But when you actually say that word to somebody, yeah. I want you to prevent. You're asking for action, yeah. and so we want to know. We want our community to know that we. We do want action, but we're very supportive about that. And we've got all kinds of different ways that you can do that within the community. So please visit our website. Um, you can reach me, Renee Lips, at 283-9479 if you have any other questions. All right. So peninsulaprevention.org? Correct. Okay. So that's the website and the Lee Shore Center website as well. Last Thursday in March is uh, the Choose Respect March. And well, and I also want to give another shout out for our community awareness workshop that occurs twice oh, a yeah, year yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, okay. in April and October. And that's just another um, opportunity for community members to learn more about the dynamics of domestic violence and sexual assault. Because I know many times if we're not involved in those situations, we have lots of questions about mm-hmm. why they don't do certain things or why they do certain things. And I think that workshop is an opportunity to understand the dynamics a little bit better. And maybe reduce the stigma for our victims. Definitely. April and October, you said? April and October. Okay. And this one coming up is the first week of April. Okay. Yeah. And that you can probably find on the Lee Shore's website? Yes. Lee Shore Center's website. Okay. All right. Well, anything else that we want to touch on 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 the Prevention Coalition? Just that it's a community coalition and it's open to community members. Uh, We do meet the second Monday of every month from 1.30 to 2.30. We don't have a a one venue because we really try to travel around to partner agencies and community who's on the coalition so we can learn about what they're doing in the community too. So it's an educational process for the coalition as well. But if you're interested in that, again, please call me at 283-9479. All right. Thank you so much. This was... uh, Eric and Kobe and Aaron and Renee here at the Lee Shore Center. Thank you. Thanks, guys.